Yeah, well, the jock sort of stuff didn't work out. So, so, uh, so do, yeah, so yeah, clearly did. <laughs> so I mean, look at me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's got that beer gut, and sometimes he hits it. It's in I call it a thesis belly. A thesis belly. <laughs> than conducting science experiments. The game I play is a very interesting one. It's imagination in a tight straitjacket. The beauty of a living thing is not the atoms that go into it, but the way those atoms are put together. What I always think should be the basis of education is not answers, but questions. We should teach kids how to question. podcast we've got actually a friend of ours david weston your friend not mine yeah <laughs> so i actually sit next to david he's a master's of research student he's doing his thesis that's due in about three months or so yeah just under four months yeah, yeah. so, so the, for those of you guys who don't know the master of research is a two-year program the first year is all coursework and then the second year students kind of work on a nine-month um, thesis yep. and you're three months away then yeah, yeah, around about three months. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Are you sweating enough. it yet? Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm trying to say. No, it's four months. It's four yeah. months. <laughs> yeah, man, and it sucks. I'm sitting next to him and I have to smell all that dirty sweat. I keep <laughs> telling him, put on some deodorant, dude, some antiperspirant, but he doesn't. This is what I mean, like, he's friends with you because you're, like, one step away. I'm right uh. next to this guy. We actually had David on the podcast before. Um, when we uh, early on in our podcast uh, journey, yeah, when we were still trying to find our feet and you know yeah. get good audio and stuff. And David, uh, we recorded an interview, and then just so happened that we lost the interview. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because it was <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> no, it wasn't there. No, no, I I had to reset my computer, and then I lost a bunch of interviews, unfortunately. And David's one was one of those. Um, so we're happy to have David back on the podcast. Um, a, a little wiser, a little older, um, and uh, no, well. no less, yeah, a little hairy actually, and less creepy looking than uh, last <laughs> year. He's much more approachable. Um, <laughs> I think about 10 <laughs> kilos extra as well, so. <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, no, yeah, okay, well, uh, uh, let's start this podcast, dude. Yeah. So you're an inorganic chemist, right? Uh, I'm a lot of different things. Yeah. I like to say bio-organic synthetic chemist. Inorganic synthetic bio, chemist, bio, bio inorganic synthetic bio chemist, inorganic and fluorescent chemist. So I don't know. I, I guess let's just call it an inorganic. Fluorescent chemist. Does that yeah. mean you like glow at night? Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> it does. It means I'm a chemist, but I glow. I thought all chemists glowed at night. They hang around so much, you know, nasty stuff. Yeah, no yeah. fair. Um, yeah, if we're not dying of cancer because yeah. of our chemicals, I think we're glowing because of our chemicals. So, yeah. and then eventually dying of cancer. It's so like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons, right? Do you remember that episode? <laughs> Everybody thought he was ET and yeah. shit, but he was actually getting. Yeah, see, that'd be me. I reckon when once all the mercury goes to my head, that'd be me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us about why you became a 
biosynthetic or inorganic, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> just like all just those fancy labels <laughs> to make yourself feel better, Cameron. It does. I think the, the longer the word, obviously, the more important you sound. But basically, <laughs> the, reason why, the reason why I came, I don't know, I think from an early age, um, I kind of had a fascination with things. So I used to obsess over things. I think when I was between the ages of about three and four, whatever, apparently I couldn't stop wearing Batman. And then a Batman costume. Wait, 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 stop. Yeah, yeah, I'm not kidding. Couldn't stop dressing up as Batman? Yeah, my parents used to have to try and force off a Batman costume from me just to watch it. (laughs) And I would sulk and cry. And then I think once I moved to Melbourne, because my family's from um, the UK, moved to Melbourne and I obsessed with the AFL there. I remember I went through a phase where I started obsessing with astronomy. So that's kind of also a leeway into science and, yeah, just had weird obsessions as I, I go. you were going to say, oh, now, oh, yeah, I'm a biosynthetic astronomer, goddamn <laughs> astrobiologist, chemist, but yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't quite go that far. Yeah, good. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I think at the same time, yeah, I had a lot of fascinations and I couldn't decide. Very poor at deciding. Poor at deciding, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I ended up going, okay, what can I do? I want to keep my biology, biochemistry at least, and keep my chemistry. Um, and try and even branch into a bit of medical stuff, which is what I'm trying to push towards doing some of it for my thesis so that hopefully in my PhD I can focus on that as well and earn a bit more moolah. That's cool. It's interesting you say that because um, about like have like being driven towards science, you think, because you're like had obsessions and got like focused in on stuff. Yes. So I think it takes a certain amount of like obsessive compulsiveness no, not literally. Obviously, that's a proper yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> psychiatric disorder. But, you know, you, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, scientists have this obsessive personality, don't they, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, you know, I mean, I think you're kind of born a scientist in a way. You kind of just naturally, I think you're in, like, I was kind of naturally inquisitive and very easily distracted, very bored at small, yeah. simple things. So I had to kind of branch off to more exciting things. And I think that's also what's kind of pushed me to come to the end of my master's and now and even start looking for scholarships for my PhDs. Yeah. I just kind of constantly want to know more and I think that's a common trait, um, an obsessive trait as well for some other scientists, not just myself. So Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's, an, it's an obsessive desire to learn more. I think that's a, an important quality to have as it, a scientist. It also ties into that like nerd culture as well. Like what are nerds? Really nerds are people that obsess over stuff aren't they right like well i was in jock in high school man i used to play afl throughout all of it but were you a jock nerd did you obsess over i used i used to i remember was it being year 10 and i used to it was around about that time where i was hanging around a lot of girls because i fancied one at the time and she didn't fancy me back but that's another nerdy thing Uh, that thing's common uh but yeah essentially that happened and whenever they come to me with their problems i kind of just hyper analyze and give them a direct answer and say well if you tried this if you tested this sort of thing and they'd always get annoyed at me for disagreeing with them even and i think that was kind of probably the first sign of saying hey you're still analytical you've got to do a occupation or whatever that's a bit more analytical and more objective i suppose see that that's the move uh david's hustling right from the get-go <laughs> using the, the the nerd um angle to like you know uh support the jockey behavior i suppose <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well the jock sort of stuff didn't work out so so, uh, so d- yeah so yeah, clearly did <laughs> so i mean look at me now <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly he's got a big gut and sometimes he hits it in it's in i call it a thesis belly, a thesis belly. <laughs> <laughs> no dude i didn't get i didn't get any of yeah. that dude i had a nice family pack <laughs> yeah no it's because you barely did anything though <laughs> during a <the> must <laughs> just oh scratched god. by yeah. try to get a publication just yeah. oh my god <laughs> man this guy's a savage alright yeah. no, that's just fire under the whatever you call it I'm just gonna go and like pump out 10 publications oh yeah so, so, you are. so did you get into 
like did you do a bachelor of science straight after school or what yeah i did yeah i was very immature back then and probably spent the first half then (laughs) yeah still probably am a bit to be honest um but yeah i I jumped straight in from high school which i guess i just turned 18 so you know i mean you tend to get a bit rowdy in your first year but obviously mature enough and you get into it and start figuring your life out and yeah so i think that's that's the trick i find if there's anyone who's listening to this who's coming through from high school is yeah normally your first year at least you need a bit of time to mature but yeah, I still did it, got through and got yeah. a decent GPA and now look at me, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and when you decided to do a Bachelor of Science, were you doing that because you wanted to do scientific research or did you oh. have another career in mind or what? <laughs> like why, like I guess that's a big move, right? You're sitting there as a HSC student and then you pick, a, did you do Bachelor of Science, Medical Science? Oh, I did a Bachelor of Science, double major in Biochemistry and Chemistry, but I did a bit of medical yeah. back then as well, but now so, I'm getting more medical So now, that's a so. big, right, that's a big decision. What, what career goal, what was your end goal? Like why are you doing this course? All I really wanted to do was be called doctor. Yeah. I'll put it out like that. Um, join, nah. the, join the team, man. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why we're all here. You we guys just... are pathetic. Yeah, we are. Stop judging us, dude. You're doing the same. Come parental on, pressures, yeah. dude. My mum always wanted a doctor, and yeah. so like, all right, like I'm not going to be a real doctor, so I'll just yeah. be a fake one. With yeah, a be a research doctor. Yeah. But I, I don't know. For me, I guess when I kind of knew that I went to a bachelor of science, probably around about year 11 i remember well year 10 i think i topped my class in science and so for when i was choosing my electives i chose biology because i knew i wanted to do biology and then i actually chose chemistry as like the one underneath and i was encouraged by my deputy principal to choose chemistry and drop um um what's called again um hospitality which i was going to do and i kind of went oh yeah okay great so i only really chose chemistry because i was good at it and then when i got into year 11 i think you start learning some real chemistry which i don't really think you do before then then i started to realize that this was kind of my calling i suppose and knew that i wanted to do science and yeah and especially throughout uh, my bachelor's i kind of realized that chemistry specifically is for me and obviously i didn't want to drop that biochemistry at the same time so yeah. Why, uh, why chemistry in particular though? Like, why, cause because I, 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 sorry, let me just um, yeah. clarify because I was in a similar boat, right? I started my um, undergraduate here and, and I was kind of tossing up between the majors of biochem, molecular biology major and then going the chemistry route yep. because I love chemistry. There's something about chemistry that really fascinates me because at the heart of it and I like biology too right but at the heart of it biology is just more complex kind of chemistry right? that's how I see it so but so by understanding that at the fundamental level you're kind of understanding like the real nature of biology by understanding ke- chemistry yeah well essentially I just putting it out there I kind of see chemistry is what I love and then biology is my application mm. and really you know I mean just doing hard chemistry I suppose in the big world there's not too many opportunities out there I mean there's still some there's not too many and that's why I like medical and biochemistry which to me are kind of for medicines kind of glorified biochemistry is what I like to call it yeah. Um, yeah they're kind of the applications for chemistry I find but I, I enjoy both I definitely enjoy my chemistry more I found learning it in bachelors is a bit more analytical mm. uh, learning biochemistry and biology was a bit more here's this word or here's this pathway now remember it but not so much remembering or knowing why this chemical changes to this chemical which yeah. is what I find interesting the mechanisms of how things work mm. but 
yeah, the, the actual sitting down and memorizing things, I don't necessarily have the best memory as it is. So yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah. Well, I agree and disagree with that. I think you're right about like the chemistry thing, like understanding the actual mechanism. Like that's what really excites me about chemistry and why in my early stages I was tossing up between the two. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, I'm actually like you. I have a terrible memory, right? So, like, yeah. so but well, I, 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 I think you can do... Yeah, he's probably yeah. got dementia by now. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, so I kind of disagree. Obviously, I'm a biologist, so I don't quite agree with the... You have to learn everything by road. I, I got by. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can, there, there's some basic principles, I think. But if you ask me, some of the best biochemists and medical scientists are all chemists, really. So yeah. Because <laughs> we actually know what we're doing. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> The gloves are off. The gloves are <laughs> off. They are. I mean, the, the purple no, ones well, are on. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because Alex, like, over here is just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm such a big fan of chemistry. Chemistry is a shit. It's so great. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then when we go back into the postgrad room, he just starts talking shit to all the chemists about how great. And pretending he knows what we're doing. But that's, just how, that's just how I show my love as an, as an Australian, right? <laughs> you just roast the ones you love the most. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that probably explains a lot of your behavior then, Hamid. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, so, I, th I think I probably cop more from anyone in the postgraduate room from oh, you. I'm just feeling the This guy's right essentially now. a bully. And I think that's what your blab coats fellas don't realize. No, I'm, look, I'm not smacking you around with a bat. It's a, with a pillow, man. It's a pillow of love, you know? Just, just with a lot of criticisms that pillows filled that's with. Fine. You know, Sometimes I need it anyway. Well, yeah, so. I know. It's just Frog to keep you humble, too. dude. So um, maybe, I don't know, what do you... Just let's yeah. transition into your research. Yes. Okay, so you said you're inorganic, biosynthetic... And fluorescent. Something fluorescent. Fluorochemist. Fluorochemist. Yep. Um, who does astronomy on the and weekend. And likes AFL. <laughs> and likes AFL. Still but he also does yeah. like runs and shit. So. I, well, I haven't. You used to run the. No. Well, if anyone's watching the video, you clearly. Are, you would know that David clearly doesn't run anymore. Because like that. Doesn't run much, yeah. <laughs> that gut of his is like. It's, it's worse than Homer Simpson's. But, um, but you know, he's a, he's a handsome young man. He's in a relationship. He's secure and safe. Sorry, so he ladies. doesn't have to make an effort anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's real. So I think that's half what it is. I'm writing my thesis. I'm in a relationship. I don't need to care. Oh, dude. I'm putting on weight as well. So. But let's hear about the ligand. Yeah, yeah. the ligand. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, just give us... Okay, I prefer to say ligand. We know that up. We know that word's going to come up. So it is. Maybe we should I don't start like ligand. I think, right. I think it's an American way. All and right. I guess being born in the UK, raised by an English right. family, I'm kind I of like... I accept the criticism. Ligand. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh I forgot you're no, it's okay. being a, it's being okay. a UK but, import. Just like this instrument here, so it's not too bad. But yeah, basically, so in case you don't know what a ligand is, it's essentially a molecule that binds to something. In my case, I look at metals, um, in particular for my ligands that I've made, aluminium and zinc. Um, so I've made... So, so, so let me just break that down, sorry. Yes. Um, it, so you're saying you've made a chemical... Yes. Yeah, ...and it binds to... Aluminium. Yeah. I've got two that bind to aluminium and fluorescence, yeah. and another one that binds to zinc and fluorescence. Yeah, so when these molecules that you've designed attach, bind to these, yeah. uh, um, attach to these yep. metals... They fluoresce, yeah. Yep, they give fluoresce. Off, give off light. Yeah, they essentially give off like light. Like a glow stick. Yeah, like literally, is that sort of way how a glow stick works? If you like, so you essentially excite it with the light, either by leaving it out all day, and then when it comes to night or a reaction happens, then it actually essentially glows, yeah. which is what happens with my ligands when they bind to say metals. So yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. And we can use that for applications for biology and medicine because we can essentially trace 
um, these metals in cells and for whatever experiments you biochemists want to do, yeah. as well as we can test these in river water samples as well so that we can detect some potentially toxic metals um, from waterways so that we can kind of say, hey, let's avoid this waterway or clean it out so that all these animals and algae and environment essentially doesn't die on us, which mm. is mm. kind of the application towards it. So uh, let's just zoom in on, and this might get a little science heavy, so we'll try to unpack it as much as possible. Yes. On what makes a molecule fluorescent? Yeah, and maybe like because it, a lot of people. Is how, how do you design a molecule that? Yeah, as because well? like a lot of people, I, we talked about glow sticks, but they might not know at a sort of like atomic level. Oh, yeah. Or, well, this or molecular it? level, what happens to it? What are like some broad? Um, things that or general things that, that are there that make a molecule fluorescent yeah well it's essentially quantum physics really what essentially you get um unlike w when you see color or colorimetric analysis as we like to call it because we like to sound fancy um so with color you're essentially getting a molecule or whatever you're doing and whatever and it's essentially absorbing light and whatever it doesn't absorb is being reflected back out and that's the color that you see so um, these with reflect blue, these gloves they reflect blue light and absorb, and absorb everything else. else. And yep. that's, col that's color metric. And that's color metric. Yeah. So that's to do with color, hence yeah. in the name. We just like to say color metric because we like to sound important. Um, just like all <laughs> the other fancy <laughs> yeah. attaches yeah. himself. Exactly. Right. Uh, whereas fluorescence, you're actually exciting an electron into a higher energy state. And then it's dropping. And what it does there is actually release light from itself. So, so let's just unpack that for the... Um, uh, so yep. you can tell you can tell me and him just got excited because we both <laughs> teach in a unit called ACP and we yeah. have to kind of explain this to students. We're yeah. like, yeah, like. Yeah. So, so an atom has uh, a, a core, which is um, well, the nucleus. Yeah, yep, the nucleus, and then it has electrons. They're not, they're not spinning. No, it has Don't electrons orbiting. Don't do that. They're, they're like orbiting. electron they're clouds. They're in an electron cloud. They're yeah, not electron orbiting at all. Clouds. Thank you. No, no. But Sorry. <laughs> no. Gave me a heart Wait, how, how dare you? Wait. But those clouds are just clouds of probability, right? Yep. They have sure. they have different shapes, clouds for different orbits, whatever. Different orbitals. Yep. Yeah. Um, so and what happens is. Uh, maybe you can explain this is when the light hits a, a an electron a laser isn't it in this case yeah but that's, uh, that's well it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a laser it just has to be um, just a light. source of electromagnetic okay, yeah, radiation yeah. so it can even be UV oh, okay. so a lot of these are excited by UV yeah yeah so let's just say light right a photon which is the constituent of, of light hits this electron and that packet of light basically has energy right and so it excites the electron and all of a sudden it goes to a higher orbital or a higher level of energy. A higher energy state. Energy yeah. state. And then when it comes back down, it gets rid of some of that, a different It essentially gets rid of some of that energy and it gives off a different color light. And, and yep. it, it, how does it get rid of that energy? It lets off another photon. Yes. And that's what yep. the light we're seeing is. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing. And it'll be at a different wavelength, um, a lower energy wavelength. So shorter wavelengths, higher energy. Um, and longer wavelengths, um, lower energy, and can you link that to the colors of? So that's no, that's so that's fluorometric, right? That's so, fluorometric. That's fluorometric yeah. yeah. When you excite it. No, what I mean by that is like the shorter wavelengths are like yeah. blue and. Um, yeah. Well, the shorter wavelengths, yeah, yeah, they're blue, and, and then the longer long wavelengths are like red and whatnot, yeah. orange. Yeah. So, yep. yep. So then, 
how do you so that's what makes a molecule fluoresce so yes that's that's the electrons getting excited so then is it like double bonds in a molecule uh to try and get it so my design is essentially get a lot of pi conjugation as it's called oh, come on bro break yeah, yeah I'll, I'll break it down i'll break it down i wasn't just going to leave it there and be like oh they should know the swine should know um no the, so essentially that's when you go out a double bond a single bond a double bond a single bond a double bond a single bond just repeating oh. um so if you familiar with aromatic molecules, benzenes, no, they, those, they those don't necessarily have to be, those they're circles shape. of what I essentially said, double bond, single bond, double bond, single bond, yeah. that essentially allows for electrons to um, resonate or migrate around Being the molecule, shared, yeah. and then normally what I do is get something like an amino acid, which is found in biology, bands and metals yep. naturally, so in, yeah, in proteins for example. Um, all enzymes, yeah. And so essentially that's my general design, at least so far. So what you have is this ring, <coughs> for instance, right? Yes. That has this double bond, single bond, double bond, single bond. Yes. And then attached to that, you have something that actually detects the metal, like an amino acid. Well, that binds to the metal, yeah. yeah so, yeah. yeah, I do so what's... So it binds to the metal. So in yep. this amino acid, you choose amino acids because they are found in proteins that typically use metals yep. in, in their reactions. And they're cheap. And they're cheap. That's really cool. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know that. So you, you're basically putting and something that fluoresces and attaching it to something that can attach to. Yep. That's nice and cheap. And also, you know, it's not going to kill a cell because it, if it says so this is shift-based condensation reaction. Oh, it's a con yeah. Don't worry about yeah. that. <laughs> it's a condensation reaction, which means it gives off water. As a result, if you know anything about Le Chatelier's principles, you don't no, have to. Don't stress. We don't. We don't. That's, that's fine. You're that's just fine. showing off now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to be. This is what wanky scientists <laughs> do when they want to hide behind like their fancy terms. You break it down. Yeah. Um, so essentially, that essentially what it means is that the shift bases, which is the molecules that I make. The general the name. Shift base, don't, bro. It's, don't worry about it. You don't need to know. Um, they reverse when they're in aqueous solution, so water. What's that? <laughs> Stop this. So they break down when they're in water. So that's not necessarily great for biology because biology is full of water. So I often try and use amino, another reason for using amino acids, my sake, is say that this bond breaks and we're left with our precursors, so our amino acids and our fluorophore, they need to be innocuous to a cell line so yeah. they don't kill it as well. So yeah. we, we yep. basically, I th tell me if I understood this because you confused the shit out of me too. Sorry. But so what you did, what you're saying is basically by using an amino acid and, yep. and this like benzene ring or that ring that fluoresces, yes. if that gets broken down, then the products aren't necessarily toxic to, yeah. to the cells. So it's still practical. Yeah, that's important. Yep. Obviously. Yeah, like you said, because that gives practicality to yes. your exactly. ligand. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> don't don't say like Okay, so <laughs> why, why detect you you mentioned um, waterways, but let's just focus a little bit on on biological applications. Oh, here we go, coming from biologists. Yeah. yeah. Let's Ooh. actually tell that's what we're interested in, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's just make your like your research actually actually interesting. So let's talk about the biology. Yeah, so why are you getting paid to produce this research? He's uh, not getting paid. <laughs> I'm on a scholarship. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Man, I did well enough in my first year yeah, to earn a scholarship. So. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> um, so essentially the applications in terms of, I guess, medical, um, more specifically the biological, would be, so I think the first one that kind of comes up is Alzheimer's disease. So a lot of research into Alzheimer's disease about um, metals that potentially cause it. Um, one of them that's being studied, well, a lot of the main ones have been studied for that are copper, um, or copper one specifically, um, zinc and iron. 
Um, but there's also aluminium as well, and that's still in quite a bit of debate as to whether or not it actually does cause Alzheimer's disease. But nonetheless, I've made a potential, well, a fluorescent probe for aluminium so that those people, the biologists, the medical scientists who do want to use a probe so they can track aluminium so that they can see whether or not it does cause Alzheimer's disease, etc., etc., they can essentially use my probe and detect it inside of a cell and trace aluminium, potentially linking it to Alzheimer's. So just talk a little bit about how metals might be involved in diseases like Alzheimer's. Because when you say, oh, uh, it's actually, sorry, just on the manufacturing thing. So you just mentioned, I wanted to bring up something related yep. to what you were just saying. Yep. So um, you just mentioned that if you're developing this technique to make this fluorescent probe that's quite cheap, yes. um, it, then that is going to be quite easy for a lot of people to make themselves. Yeah, that, that's another thing. And it's a high yield. It's like 97% yeah. yield, which is phenomenal. Yeah. So in terms of an industrial application, you know, I mean, why wouldn't you? And it doesn't even require heat. I do it at room temperature for about six hours yeah. when I do a synthesis of it. It's really but the easy value in step. that, the value in that yep. is that it's, it's really like, it democratizes science, right? Because mm -hmm. now people can make this like ligand, yep. um, they can produce it and do the type of studies on diseases that have significance yep. um, and <clears throat> do it cheaply. We, we had on Meow Ludo the other day and some guys from Biofoundry, Bio his lab that he runs is just a biohacking lab. like, um, And they've just developed their own, a way to really cheaply make their own DNA ladders for the same reason like dna ladders cost um, molecular biologists lots and lots of money mm. yeah so having a cheap ways of producing your own ladders is right? really beneficial yep. and i guess it's very similar with a ligand like this yeah yeah with a ligand like this yeah um it yeah. probably increases the amount of research that can get done on all the diseases that yep. your and ligand can detect yeah and it also means that i guess people who don't get too much funding can still afford to use a molecular probe such as mine because it should in theory still yeah. remain nice and cheap if it does go on the market and get patented but I think that might be somewhat daydreamy but we'll see what happens yeah that's, yeah, but that's, still, that's, that's a the significant, end goal though, yeah. that's a very like if you're publishing this data right and people Payments are reading this and sitting and they could make their own ligand yep. and that would be incredibly yep. beneficial for the future of research exactly exactly yeah. so my research essentially helps out a whole bunch of other ones yeah, is kind yeah. of the aim of it yeah yeah, yeah. no seriously yeah. that's awesome yeah. do, you want, do, you want, do you want to ask your question again yeah but I so rudely interrupted you on yeah but do you yeah. want like a private room because you're like really no no that was good yeah. I, was, I was vibing on that because i saw that thing at biofoundry the other day and i'm like you know this is all we're always whining about how small our budgets are yeah so looking for these ways to like shortcut uh mm. solutions so you're not agree, paying these yeah. big companies uh, is actually really beneficial yeah well i said i don't see any point in doing research if it's not going to have some sort of application that's um mm. easy to use i suppose yeah yeah yeah, that's... Sorry, you were going to I ask was, about was, the significance of the diseases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you ask him? <laughs> yeah, tell us about, like, not, not the significance, but tell us about... Because you mentioned that these different metals like copper, iron, yep. um, and potentially aluminium are involved in um, disease states like Alzheimer's. This, uh, what sort of role would they play? I mean, what, what do metals do in biology? Besides, like hemoglobin, which like traps oxygen in yeah, well, in, in red yeah. blood cells, yeah. yeah. But what about like in uh, in, in in the brain? So, just getting specific to Alzheimer's, because I know a lot more about that. Um, so, copper, zinc, and iron are frequently found in the middle of these um, senile plaques um, formed by uh, a beta amyloid. 
um, peptide. So essentially what that is, is you get a whole bunch of peptides, so a sequence of amino acids, it's almost like a short protein. And due to these metals, they, or at least so far it looks like, due to these metals, they seem to stack on top of each other and keep on stacking, keep on stacking, forming these big plaques, as they're called. And they um, essentially mess up your brain and um, get into your memory and whatnot, parts of your brain. And they can cause Alzheimer's disease um, as, yeah, at least that's one of the lead ways. There's also the whole redox effects. This is probably a bit more technical. Mm. So metals like iron and copper, copper exists as copper one, copper two. Mm. Essentially means it can lose and gain electrons. Mm. Same with iron, but with iron two and iron three, it can lose and gain electrons mm. becoming iron three, iron two. Mm. Um, and so this has essentially led to the oxidative stress as it's called, um, that couldn't, is believed to cause Alzheimer's as well. So this is essentially where due to these redox potentials, as we call them, so reduction, oxidation, loss or gain of electron potentials, um, Reactive oxygen species can be formed, which essentially can go on and react with um, biomolecules like proteins, lipids, and mm. interfere with brain chemistry that way and um, lead to the neurodegeneration or breakup of the brain matter, um, developing Alzheimer's disease. So there's another one, but there's heaps, like I said, even if you're just starting enzymes, it's kind of good to get an idea about what metals are doing. Um, there's even stuff like, I think, what Wilson's disease also involves metals. There's, yeah. Well, even, yeah, see, like, even action potentials, as you guys know, essentially how your nerves work. They work by influxes of potassium and sodium. Once again, they're both metals. Mm. And how do they find that out? Probably by something tracking it, potentially a fluorescent tag. I'm not too sure, but mm. it's an easy application to use to do that. So, yeah. Because didn't even you track sodium or something, wasn't it, Hamid? Yeah, well, that's my research. Did you use a fluorescent tagger? Yeah, yeah I used a go. fluorescent tag. There you so go. So does that mean that Hamid's an inorganic fluorochemist as well? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just use it, dude. I don't, I don't attach the fancy You can call yourself whatever you want, I find, and that's what I've done, so...